good morning where I am. Good morning, and if you're somewhere else, good afternoon, and I have to say good night. Welcome to the Made for Greatness podcast. The world offers you comfort, but you're not made for comfort. You're made for the greatness of God himself, the greatness of his most sacred heart. Yesterday is the day that we celebrated the sacred heart of Jesus. And it kind of got lost to me a little bit in the details. But that's not why I'm podcasting today. I got to publish a recording that we had for a guest speaker last night at our local men's group. And I have to say ahead of time that I didn't realize that it wasn't recording at first. And so that's why I want to do an introduction rather than just go ahead and get right into his talk. Um, I missed probably the first 10 minutes of it. And this gentleman is a really, really good man. I really admire him. I respect him. And I think um, we need more people just like him. His name's Jim Murphy, and he's the founder and president of Vera Cruz Communications. He's been involved in youth ministry on parish, diocesan, national, and international levels throughout his career in service of the church. He's served as a member of several parish pastoral teams. He's worked in religious education programs throughout the world, including adult faith formation programs. Jim is the former chairman of the National Service Committee for the Catholic Charismatic Renewal. And he is the, also the former president of the International Catholic Charismatic Renewal Services, whose offices were located in Vatican Rome until Pope Francis, um, what do you, how do I say this, amalgamated, dissolved it, and, and put it into this Caris International Organization instead. Um, so Jim, to his credit, one of, the, one of the things that sort of got him on the international stage, perhaps, at least that's where I first heard of him, was back in mid-90s. On the heels of, of 1992, where he was inspired by the American bishop's letter, Heritage and Hope, and he undertook a 4,200-mile journey across uh, the United States of America on foot, passed through, what was it, uh, five deserts, I think it was, on foot, carrying a six-foot cross in an effort for prayer and evangelization, and he did that indeed. Lots of, lots of amazing stories of God's power moving in that journey, really testifies to when we're faithful to God, God will bless us. So I don't want to delay this too much longer. And uh, like I said, the presentation that um, that he did for us last night, I missed the first 10 minutes of it, of recording anyway. Um, but he t- breaks down four things of the virtue of hope for us. And he'll say the, 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 the uh, three of the four things. The one that we missed was his details on point number one, which is the virtue of hope sustains us in difficult times and in my own writing from my chicken scratch from his presentation it sustains us in difficult times because it helps us to see the long game it's my own words of what he had said and it's beautiful i think he did an excellent job so in honor of the yesterday being the feast of the sacred heart of jesus let's say a traditional catholic prayer and this came from traditionalcatholicprayers.com i'll put a link in the description and the bio of jim murphy came from his uh, work with renewal ministries he's a country coordinator for Mexico and the work that Renewal Ministries does in Mexico and such inspiring stuff they do down there. A lot of good, good, good holy people that live there in the places that Jim and his teams serve. So, Sacred Heart of Jesus, let's do this. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Amen. O most sacred heart of Jesus, pour down your blessings abundantly upon your church, upon the Supreme Pontiff, Pope Francis, and upon all the clergy, including our bishops, dear Father. Including our bishops. The ones we agree with and the ones we don't agree with. Give perseverance to the just. Convert the sinners, O most sacred heart. Enlighten unbelievers. Bless our parents. 
Bless our parents. Father, I pray for your healing upon relationships that we might have that are broken with our parents. Bless our parents, O most sacred heart of Jesus. Bless our friends. Bless our benefactors. Help the dying. Free the souls from purgatory, O most sacred heart, and extend over all hearts the sweet empire of your love. Amen. I'm going to give it pass over to Jim, and it's going to start abruptly in the middle of his thoughts, and uh, please forgive me for that. I'll try to be more careful next time. God bless you all. For a few pennies. And, it, you know, how do you keep going? That's what my coworker asked this this worker in the garbage dump. Now, this, the woman who answered her is probably in her 40s. I think she's been kind of like living in the garbage dump her whole life and could live 40 more years in the garbage dump. And when we asked her, what keeps you going through this? She said, well, you know, th this isn't my home. This doesn't identify me. This isn't my future. Th this is what I'm doing right now. But, but I intend when this is over to be in glory in heaven with Jesus Christ. So, so I got to pick garbage now. So what? I'm going to be in heaven forever. That's, that's what I'm looking at. Now, guys, I got to tell you, that, that was both encouraging and very challenging. Because I got to confess, sometimes I'm having a bad time, and I kind of forget about the long distance. I'm just kind of sitting in my own little pity party because the current moment is bad. But what hope does, it sustains us through difficult times because we got our eyes long distance, not just in the current difficulty. The second thing hope does is it protects us from the attacks of the devil. And here's what Paul tells us in Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians. Let us be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and the helmet that is hope for salvation. In other places, St. Paul uses this imagery of, of Roman armor in order that we can fight the, the good fight. And here he uses the breastplate, the, the chest piece that protects you know, the inner organs. He, he refers to that as faith and love. But the helmet he calls hope for salvation. Now, isn't it interesting that hope is likened to a helmet? What does a helmet do? It protects the head. What does our head do? It thinks. And my dear brothers, the number one way the devil attacks us is through our thoughts, through temptations, through fears, we play old tapes in our heads over and over and over again. And the devil tries to bring your past up. The devil tries to entice you with, with different temptations and kind of allurements. You're, you're thinking out thoughts. If I go to work today and my boss says one more thing, I'm going to, you know, we all these kind of weird, dark fantasies are running through our head. And Paul says that this helmet we put on 
protects our head, protects our thoughts from all this craziness. And what is that helmet? Helmet is the hope for salvation. You know, guys, I, I cannot say, oh, you know, never have a crazy thought. They come. God knows they come to all of us. But I can tell you this. You don't have to let them disturb you. You don't have to let them take your peace. You don't have to let them bring you down. And you sure do not have to follow temptations into sin. You don't have to do that. You do have free will. And the best protection you can have for your thoughts is hope for salvation. Because every thought going through our head, we weigh that, I might say, we judge it against the benchmark of our salvation. So someday, by the mercy of God, I intend to dwell in heaven. Okay, do I really want to jeopardize that or, or renounce that by looking at some hot little website? Is it really worth denying the dignity, the integrity, the holiness that God has given me? Is it worth turning from that for, for 30 seconds of fun on a website? Really? If we can sustain ourselves in the hope of our salvation, in other words, not only the hope of where we're going, but the hope of who we are becoming. If we would see our dignity, if we would see our integrity, if we would see our holiness down the road because of what Christ is doing for us, I would be um, less inclined to give in to the desires of my flesh. I would be less inclined to sit there and keep stirring up an old grudge. Frankly, gentlemen, we're better than that because we have been called to Christ and we are now on a journey towards our salvation. And I'm not going to give this up. I'm not going to lose this by letting my mind start taking me in some crazy places. That salvation, that hope, that's the protection for my thoughts. So one of the greatest ways of, of your protection from the attacks of the devil is you get your eyes on the Lord. You get your eyes on who the Lord is calling you to be. You get your eyes on heaven and just, just keep on pushing through. Don't feed that junk. Feed your hope in your salvation. The third thing that I think hope does for us is it provides a stability in the ups and downs of life. We already talked about being sustained in difficult times. And I got to say, I have met people with hope. And they are able to go through difficult times. They, they, it sustains them. They can push through a lot. They're almost unstoppable because of hope. I know people who have found great protection in that helmet of hope for their salvation. 
but I also have met men and women where hope has provided a stability in the ups and downs of life. Now, here's what Paul tells us in Romans 12, just literally three words, Romans 12, 12, rejoice in hope. Hmm. Why would I rejoice in hope? What if, uh, what if I'm really down today? Why would I rejoice in hope? What if things are really challenging at work? Why would I rejoice in hope? Well, the reason is because hope is not attached to your work. Hope is not attached to your emotions. Hope is not attached to how nice your wife is to you. Hope is not attached to how the kids are doing. Hope is not attached to your job. Hope is attached to Christ. And it's been placed into your heart. So, yeah, I, I like it when life is up. I, I do. And I don't like it when life is down. But you know what, guys? Life is up and life is down. Get over it. That's life. Welcome to the real world. But when you have hope, there's a stability in your life that's not going up and down, up and down, up and down. You, you start leveling out and you're able to keep going forward and to spend all this crazy energy on this roller coaster. You know, it's interesting that the symbol Christians have used for 2000 years for hope is an anchor, the anchor of a, of a boat, of a ship. Um, I, I've done a fair amount of sailing in my life and I'll tell you an anchor is absolutely essential. Either that or you crash into the rocks. Now, listen to this from Hebrews because it's, it's a beautiful imagery. And again, here we have the author of Hebrews saying, we who have taken refuge, refuge what? In, in hope, in Christ, might, might, might be strongly encouraged to hold fast to the hope that lies before us. We have this as an anchor of the soul, sure and firm. This is very interesting. Which reached into the interior behind the veil where Jesus has entered on our behalf as forerunner. So Paul's got something kind of interesting going on here. He talks about the anchor giving us stability in the ups and downs of life. And he says, we hold fast this hope because it is an anchor for our soul. Yeah, I, I get depressed. Sometimes I get pretty revved up. I'm, I'm high, I'm happy, life is good. But that's not my soul. Those are my emotions. That's my flesh. Those are my feelings. Those are the circumstances around me. Paul's offering hope as an anchor for the soul. Something deep, deep, deep within me. That's what remains stable when my emotions, my body, the world around me is going up and down, up and down, up and down. But then he says the same hope reaches behind the veil. Wow, what's he talking about? Do you remember um, in the Holy of Holies in the temple, 
there was a there was a, a curtain, a veil, between where the holy of holies was the presence of God, and where the people would stay out praying. On the other side of the veil, we we couldn't get in there, but Paul says that hope, the hope you and I have been given as a gift from God, that hope has kind of reached behind the veil. And you might say we've kind of got our, our toe already under the curtain because he says this veil, Jesus has already gone through it. He's already there in glory. He's there. And this hope now, we have kind of a glimpse. We've got kind of a peek behind the curtain. This already is the reality, friends, that we're moving towards. Now, if that's the case, if I get a little glimpse of heaven and the glory of God and the glory that Sunday will be mine, yeah, I, okay, so I'm having a bad day. Tough luck. I'm having a good day. That's good. You know, my dad told me once, uh, my dad was a sea captain, so he knew a lot about anchors. And I remember he told me about life and he said, when things are going your way and you get really high and happy and when things are going bad and you get really depressed he said if you get too high on the good days and too depressed on the bad days he said then you're not deep enough in christ because whether it's good or whether it's bad it doesn't matter you're connected to christ and so yeah i mean humanly speaking when things go good we're happy when things go bad we're sad okay fine but don't get all bent out of shape because you're sad. Don't get all crazy because today you're feeling on top of the world. That's great. When you feel on top of the world, enjoy it. When you're a little bit down, hang in there. But you can remain stable because hope is the anchor for your soul. And God has lifted up the veil and we can see the glory that's coming. Heck yeah, I'm going to keep the faith. Okay, so I'm having a bad day. My car doesn't start. Yeah, but I can see what's behind the veil. I'm keeping the faith. And then the fourth one, this is very interesting. The fourth quality of hope is it allows you and I to be a witness to the goodness and the mercy of God. St. Peter says to us in his first letter, always be ready to give an explanation to anyone who asks you for a reason for your hope. You know, it's funny, we started this, this sharing with one Pope and we're ending this sharing with another Pope. Be ready to give an explanation to anyone who asks you for a reason for your hope. You see friends, when, when we can keep our calm and everybody else is freaking out, people notice that. When other people give in to pettiness and snarky remarks and small-mindedness, and we remain virtuous, we remain men of integrity, when we live in the hope that is ours in Jesus Christ, people start noticing. And we're not doing it so that somebody says, oh, aren't you holy? We're not doing it for that reason. We're just living our lives in hope. But... As a result of that, there will be an integrity in you 
there will be a stability in you. There will be a peace in you. There will be a joy in you that is pretty rare in our world today. And I'm telling you, if you live in hope, the day will come probably sooner than later. When somebody comes up to you and says, you know, I noticed you at work. When that manager came in and went berserk, you were the only one there who kept cool. How, how did you do that? You know, I, I know you've gone through a, a tough spot right now. I know your kids have been sick and it seems like a lot of bad things have happened to you, but, but you still seem very peaceful. Man, if half the stuff happened to you happened to me, I'd be all blown out of the water. How do you keep this peace? Now, here's the thing, guys. People will ask you that question. Do not chicken out. Don't say, well, I always try to keep a positive attitude. Oh, nonsense. You tell them about your hope in Jesus Christ. You tell them that you know where you're going. And you tell them that you know how you're going to get there. And, and people will kind of like, what? But if you do it with humility, do it with patience, do it with gentleness, but do not ever, ever, ever back down when somebody asks you, why are you the way you are? Don't give them anything less than the hope that you have in Jesus Christ. So guys, listen, I, I'm, <laughs> I've been won over. I, I have never appreciated hope as much as I do right now. This is the thing that sustains us. This is the thing that protects us. This is the thing that gives us stability. And this is the thing that allows us to be a good witness to the glory of God to other men in our lives. What a gift. What a virtue. What a grace. And as I said, whether you know it or not, this holy gift is in you right now. In just a moment, we're going to be in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament. And in the time that you have before Jesus, let me make a few recommendations. One, I would get on my knees and I would thank him for the gift that we hardly even understand. I would thank him before the throne of God tonight. I would thank him for the gift of hope. The second thing I would do in this time before the Lord, I would recognize and acknowledge that the gift is there. But I would ask God to stir up the graces, to stir up, to make it fresh, to make it vibrant once again in your life. If you are baptized, the gift is in there. But I go back to the words of Pope Benedict. It's being offered to us again. Gentlemen, take the offer. Thank God for the hope that he's given you. Acknowledge it as a gift currently, currently in your life. But ask God to sustain it and to stir it up. And I said earlier that it's cultivated every day by God, by the Holy Spirit. Ask God to cultivate and perfect the virtue of hope within you.
you have such an opportunity tonight to grow in hope. Take advantage of it in the presence of Jesus. Because if anybody can strengthen it, can confirm it, and can stir it up in your life this night, you're going to see him in a moment on the altar. Tell Jesus how much you appreciate the gift. God bless you, brothers. Let's turn our hearts down to the coming of the Blessed Sacrament and rejoice in our hope.